I'm working on a, a trivia question here, John, to start the show today. Maybe you can help me. I have not finished the trivia question yet, but maybe uh, everybody listening to this, when you're hearing this on the podcast or watching YouTube, reply and let me know if I can put this thing together. I got one for you. Okay, go ahead. The, what year was Alex Smith in the last time the Sacramento Kings made the playoffs? Uh, third year? Just finished his rookie season. Rookie season. Damn. Halliburton! <laughs> I'm not, I don't know much, John, but my timeline is telling me Halliburton's Michael Jordan. Yeah, people are not happy with uh, the Sacramento Kings guy. They're, they're trading. I would say their their consistency of their trades. They tend if Billy tends to win. You know, it's like if Billy calls, do not do a deal. If if Belichick calls, be wary. It's like if the Kings call, say yes. Uh, to quote Dan Haberman, my father. Oh, no, he's our only hope for the future! <laughs> Exclamation point. Someone sent me a picture. You Have you been to the new uh, Kings Arena? Yeah. Send me a picture. Opening night. Original opening night back in Original the day? Original opening night. Well, that was packed that night. I saw Someone sent me a picture over the last month. Guy, I swear to God, it might have been half full. Really? And you, I mean, it's badass, isn't it? It's awesome. You, it's I sweet. thought you... Went I've, on COVID I, night. Well, yeah, I went to see Zion in, when the NBA broke uh, COVID, stopped the world. But I had I had been before the year before, I think, to see Clippers with some buddies from Cal Poly. We like Didn't ran about it. Oh no, we saw Garth Brooks at Arco. Yeah, they were going to make that the Sacramento Zoo. Well, I mean, Wait, they're going to knock panic? it down and put the zoo. I, I don't think they're doing it anymore. It's still erect, Arco. Mm. A wreck. <laughs> Uh, Ryan on the stream says that was a Yohannes Cespedes type of trade. I'll never forget where I was, John, when Yohannes Cespedes got traded. Ever, I was on the you know, I, I was on the the forty five bus line. I think was it the forty five, hanging a ride onto Columbus on the way into the radio station. <laughs> we got a topic today. Yeah, I mean, buses, Bart. Those are things I'll never take again in my life. Last time I took Bart, I think uh, the girl I was with got Corona. Oh. So it was about, it was February 2020. Wow. So it was coming on, yeah. Uh, trivia question for you, and I'm still working through this, so you or maybe somebody watching or listening will have an answer. But I think Zach Taylor is the second major conference quarterback to coach a Super Bowl game. The other mm. being... History of the league? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going back. I got to go back and see, like, did Joe Gibbs play quarterback at Alabama or something? You know, like that type of thing. Because, like, Joe Doug Gib- Peterson, I think, is like Law Tech or something. No, not even. Like, uh, Lafayette. Joe Gibbs, sneaky San Diego State, by the way. Did not know that. I mean, I always thought Joe Gibbs was from, like, uh, Georgia, born and bred, you know? May- I mean, maybe he is. He's from North Carolina, so I don't know how he ended up at San Diego State. Andy Reid, not a quarterback. I, I, know, who, I right? know who it is. I know who, who it is. Bruce Arians, quarterback, Virginia Tech. So Bruce Arians, I mean, Harbaugh, obviously, is one. Bruce Arians, a good one. Did you say two total? No, I, I, I was just trying to think. I Zach Taylor, I said, I think is two, but I didn't go to Arians, so Arians would be three. Option quarterback. Uh, that's a good one. That is, fuck. That's a, that's a great one. Uh, Louisiana Monroe, is that? 
That's not Power Five. Is that what no, you're thinking? Not. Power Five, or are you just thinking? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm saying major college conference quarterbacks. So Zach Taylor, Nebraska, Nebraska. Jim Harbaugh, Michigan, Bruce Arians, Virginia Tech. Who else? Anybody? Jimmy Johnson, Arkansas lineman. Uh, Switzer, Arkansas lineman. Holmgren feels like a lineman, but I think he played like San Francisco. Andy, BYU lineman. Yeah, I mean, I think you're, you know, Belichick, Wesleyan, lacrosse player. Walsh, <laughs> San Jose State. Uh, this is, this is a... Pr- McVeigh, wide receiver, slot guy, University of Ohio. Uh, Tom Flores, quarterback, University of Pacific. Oh, I didn't. Pete, Car- Pete, Pete Carroll. Carroll, too. Yeah. Yep, Pete Carroll. Mike McCarthy, uh, Baker College. Never heard of it. Blue collar. Um, hold on. Shanahan played receiver at Texas. Wide receiver. That's why he coaches the position so hard, as we know. Wide receiver. Uh, Tomlin, William, and Mary. Yeah. Yep, DB. Did we say Coughlin? Coughlin played at Syracuse. Was he a quarterback? Feels like I could feel like an outside backer or something. Halfback. (laughs) Halfback. Tomlin, 100% halfback. It started like this, hand in the dirt, you know, like the wing team. (laughs) I mean, hell, I was watching a 30 for 30 or no, it wasn't 30 for 30. It was just Michael Irvin on with the Mannings. And they were making fun of Michael Irvin because when he was at playing at University of Miami in like 1987, they started in a three-point stance at wide receiver. And it made sense. He's That's like, crazy. you know, my wide receiver coach used to tell us that, well, how do the fastest guys on the planet start? You know, sprinters. He's like, with their hand on the ground. You do that too. He's like, it added up. But then once you stop doing it, you're like, I never want to <laughs> do that. I'm not going back to this. <laughs> hand in the dirt. Jim Caldwell... A uh, DB at Iowa, Mike Martz, tight end. You know where Mike Fresno Martz State. You, you damn right. How about Jeff Fisher? Jeff Fisher, USC DB, right? Yeah, yeah. He's co- Ron- you see, he's coaching the USFL. P- played with Ronnie a lot. Uh, the Athletic had a um, the Athletic had a uh, uh, article about coaches you'd most want to play for, and Jeff Fisher got a vote. Uh, Bud Grant, somebody in the chat says, first-round pick from Minnesota. Was he a quarterback? So Bud Grant like never left the northeastern seaboard. I guess not the seaboard, but in Well, you know, it's appropriate that you use sea- seaboard because he wasn't enli- – I think he enlisted in the Navy. <laughs> After high school, before, uh, before college. But was he a quarterback? Well, one thing they were talking in the Belichick, or it's not really the Belichick book, but it feels like it can be about Belichick for a long time, about Dante Skarnecchia, the longtime offensive line coach, who's kind of like this short white guy that was my uncle's roommate at Taft Junior College in Southern California. It was like, after college, he was uh, enlisted in the Marine Corps going to Vietnam. It's like, yeah, these guys are fucking, no wonder he's an offensive line coach, because it was always like, Dante wasn't scared of shit. Like, yeah, different cloth. I, I, you kind of like to have a coach on staff, I'd say, in football that was like, yeah, former Marine. <laughs> you know, even if yeah. he was just like in the reserves, like didn't actually in combat, like, yeah, he just, he was a Marine. Yep. Cause that, you know, they always say, like, well, did you play football? You're like, no, but I was a Marine. You'd be like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> We're in. Hand to hand combat. Uh, did he play? He was the 14th overall pick in the NFL draft. Maybe he was, a, I can't find if he, what position of football. You're talking like, Bud Grant. 
but Bud Grant, who was also drafted in the NBA draft in the fourth round. I remember Pat Hill brought Jim Otto to talk to the team, and he said the toughest man he ever saw when he was playing in the league was every morning when he woke up and he looked in the mirror. And I just remember the place kind of got silent because he was just he was pretty old at the time, and he was dead serious. Like it was not a not a joke. And what a line! Said, I know. So I got a note for great line. Uh, Bud Grant was on the 1950 NBA champion Minneapolis Lakers, by the way. Bud Grant played in the NBA. (laughs) I don't know how much he played, played. I played in the league for like three years. Yeah. It's impressive. It is impressive. Um, Well, I'll I'll finish my research on this uh, at a later date, but maybe Bud Grant. So there's major college quarterbacks. I was just thinking, I because I was listening to McVeigh talking to um, Chris Sims. Chris, let me tell you, man, uh, I got so much respect for Zach Taylor, man. Dan Campbell took over in Miami. Zach Taylor was Dan Campbell's offensive coordinator in Miami. So they didn't really know each other. He didn't know him, but he remembered him as Nebraska's quarterback. And uh, I feel like Zach Taylor doesn't get enough respect for being Nebraska's quarterback. Sean McVeigh or Dan Campbell? Zach Taylor took over as Dan Campbell's OC when Dan Campbell took over the Dolphins. But you're saying they didn't really know each other. You're saying Sean yeah. McVay didn't know him. McVay did not know Zach really, <clears> but he had known. But he had known the name and he knew the guy played quarterback. So that's what that's how their relationship started. Just yeah, I mean, him. he started. To, he was starting to uh, uh, get appreciation for him, seeing what he did in Miami when he took over for, with Dan Campbell. Man, I think I remember McVay telling either Schrager, maybe he told Coward this. I heard him say it somewhere that. Or no, Zach Taylor said that he randomly got a call from McVay that said, do you want to be my wide receiver coach or whatever? I got 24 hours. And then he's like, cool, let me talk to your wife. And then he's like, this that is his first interaction with McVay. Yeah, and then he says McVay called him back like two hours later. Like, what's your what's your answer? He's like, well, fuck, you gave me, 20, you gave me 48 hours. But he realized, McVay, I'm kind of the same way. Sometimes I'll send a text and I don't get a response. I'll just send like a question mark. I, I do appreciate that. Like, bro, I, I, I know I gave yeah. you 48 hours, but it actually means uh, 35 minutes. Come be, I got to call somebody else here. I need an answer from someone in 24 hours. So if yours is no, I got to call somebody else and give them 22 hours. Uh, this show is brought to you by mybookie.ag, promo code HAM and the number one, mybookie.ag, promo code HAM and the number one, where right now you can uh, have your first deposit doubled up to 1000 bucks when you make that first deposit with the promo code HAM1. Remember, if you accept the bonus amount, you uh, must bet the full amount before you can withdraw funds or you can decline the bonus. But either way, ham one, let them know we sent you. Yeah, mybookie.ag, promo code ham and the number one. Uh, I think we we agreed before this podcast, we're going to take the Rams minus four, minus yes. four and a half. It's four and a half now. Um, I, I also don't hate the under, or excuse me, the first half line, Rams minus three, because you just, the Bengals have started slow, right? Mm. And the Rams have been starting fast. So I, I actually like that more than if you're just Joe Burrow leaves you a little nervous. Kind of like them both. I mean, wouldn't be opposed to bet both. You know, let's do that. Two bets going. I'm plus. I'm yeah. plus one fifty on that. Uh, college basketball is in full swing. You want to bet on the waste management. Uh, kind of like Max Homa seventy to one Scottsdale guy. Don't hate that one. Uh, you can bet on some futures. Obviously, there's a ton of props. I was looking around today. The props for, you know. Obviously, MVPs, quarterback props, rushing props. So just go to mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1, and just start looking around. Yeah, you're right. Uh, That's a uh, uh, great way to do it. You can also, if your team is uh, out of it, let's say, 
you can start betting on next year's Super Bowl. Uh, right now, the favorites to make the Super Bowl, uh, Bills and Chiefs, which makes hmm. sense because it's not going to be the it's not going to be the Bengals. One thing Bengals. you know who is actually pretty good value. Go, go down. Oh, sorry, I went to props. If go back the the Ravens. I mean, they were one of the betting favorites this year, had a million injuries just from a price standpoint. Like, they're probably double the value just based on their season, right? They missed the playoffs. I bet I bet coming into last year, that number was closer to like 9 to 1, 10 to 1. Now it's basically 18 and a half to 1. That's yeah. pretty good value. You know who's bad value? The Cowboys, always. <laughs> well, guy, they, they haven't made a conference championship game since fucking uh, Barry Switzer. How about the Raiders at plus 3,500? Don't like that. How about the Seahawks at the same number? What if Russ comes back, slim-waisted Russ? Defense sucks. Uh, well, these are long shots. But how many? How often do long shots make the Super Bowl? Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like their odds are the same as the Eagles. Are you kidding me? What are the Niners? Niners are uh, same as the. Am I looking at old odds? Why are the Bucks on here plus twelve seventy five? Anyway, I don't know. You, you, can log, you, you need to log in. I know. I never, I always remember that at the last second. And then I'm like, well, I'm not going to put my login information on the shared screen. Uh, MyBookie.ag, promo code Hammond, the number one. Whether you are all in on the Bengals or the Rams personally, deep in your soul, or if you're looking for another reason to get a little extra juice on this game, uh, MyBookie.ag, promo code Ham and the number one. Also brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings, promo code Ham. Your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. Huge cash prizes at DraftKings. It's easy, guy. Playing fantasy football is simple. Just pick up your lineup. Pick your lineup while staying under the salary cap. Free shot at $1 million top prize. You'll feel the action. Super Bowl, I never know what the number is. I'm glad that this is in there. 56. This is Super Bowl 56. Like never before, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Imagine being a football fan and being 56 years old. It'd be very easy to keep track. Like you just know your date, your birthday is the day. Like that's the Super Bowl that year. You're the same age as the, uh, the Super Bowl. That's Download the DraftKings app now. Use the promo code HAM. Free shot at a million dollar top prizes with your first deposit. That's promo code HAM for a free shot to become a millionaire during NFL's big game. Get in the action only at DraftKings, the official, the official. Daily fantasy partner of the Super Bowl of Super Bowl 56. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I tell you what, I'm definitely entering the game with the million dollar top prize. I'm going to do that too. I'm going to jot that down. Yep. Uh, 55,601st uh, uh, to 11,700. No, to 110,000th place uh, wins 25 bucks in that game. You know, the easiest way to win would be to use the backup quarterback and have whichever st- on one of the teams and have the starting quarterback go down early and have that guy throw three touchdowns. Can you imagine the separation you have? Has that ever happened that? in the Super Bowl? Doesn't feel like it. Injured quarterback? Uh, Mahomes somehow avoided disaster last year running around. <laughs> I was watching. Uh, I ended up on a man in the arena after the 30 for 30 the other night. I'd forgotten that Bledsoe played in the AFC championship game against the Steelers. After the tuck rule game, because Tom got rolled up on, and they're like, you know, the way 
the way Drew played, they're like playing like Drew. He was just, it's like, God, what an incredible game. I'd forgotten. I checked the box where Drew was 10 of 21. How about Tom? And they almost blew a lead. They, well, they Tom, were up big when Tom got hurt. Tom admitted it, that that was a little much for him that game. Like those guys were so good on defense yeah. and they were fucking his ass up. He said, and Bill he, could see to my eyes. <laughs> Honestly, man, the best part about man in the arena, he is so, he's just normal. Like he, he swears. He, he feels just very authentic. Now I know it's his perspective on it all, but it's, it's rare to see like, just a guy sw- just being himself. I-, I think that's the coolest part. Uh, yeah, was it 30 for 30 episode. with Charles and Tom good? Yeah. I wouldn't watch it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it was fine. It was on. Um, but it was, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, there wasn't anything new. You didn't learn anything new. And they spent time on, like, some weird alternate universe stuff where, like, there is no um, alternate universe, guys. We're like, what happened? The one thing that was interesting was Tom said, if we lose that game, I might get replaced. Like, Drew might become the starter the next year. But I don't think that's what was going to happen. He was going to, Tom had taken them to the AFC Championship game of the Super Bowl. Bill was not going to replace Tom with Drew Bledsoe. I don't think it was a chance in hell. No, that, that was their first Super Bowl. Yeah, the tuck rule year. Yeah, but so if he, if they lose that He's game, saying if they lose the Tuck Rule game, he never gets the AFC Championship or the Super Bowl as a like second year guy. You don't think he gets replaced? I don't think. I mean, what I'm saying is he had gotten them that far. Like I'd be, I would have been surprised if he would have gone back to Drew Bledsoe. Like Drew was healthy, Bill was invested in Tom. Tom was cheap. Bill already was kind of out on Drew even when he yeah. got there. Yeah. So, how about Tom scramble? Didn't Charles say it was the slowest scramble? Or maybe Tom said that in the man in the arena. Tom said the good thing about the cold weather was everybody was operating at his speed <laughs> physically because he's not a good runner. So it might, they they played the man in the arena right after the 30 for 30, and that man in the arena covered the tuck roll. So that's why I saw that one. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. I actually, honestly, I got ESPN Plus a little while back. It, I like it. Insider articles? Uh. I, yeah, I didn't even realize I get. Those. I mean, you get the golf, or you get like a lot of good golf. A lot of golf. That's you get every tournament now. Three hours, you get, you know, waste management, which to me is a big deal. And the man in the arena is, if they do more shit like that, I I give them credit. To well, me, the I, U, UFC guys, I, I think they've owned ESPN Plus for a while because they get a bunch hockey. of UFC. Early pandemic, all the uh, Mannings places, those were all on ESPN Plus, and I remember watching like twelve of them in a row when they finally put them on ESPN. One thing they said in the Belichick in the Wickersham book was the week of the Tuck Rule game, they knew it was going to be shitty weather, but it wasn't shitty weather like Wednesday and Thursday, or it wasn't that bad. Belichick had the maintenance guys water the field so Vinatieri could get used to like kicking in a shitty field, and Vinatieri was bitching and moaning to him like, why are you fucking wet in the field? And Bill's like, <laughs> it'll pay off. And then that game, he went out there early and told the uh, maintenance guys, yank the thing. or yank the tarp. I want this field to be ugly because the Raiders were, you know, the best offense in the league. Mm. Which is kind of crazy because it was like Tim Brown and Jerry Rice, both old. Yeah. Gruden, though. Gannon. I mean... What do you think about Chucky going visor in a snowstorm? Impressive. Great hair. How about Chucky calling the timeout before the field goal and giving them time to clear some space for Vanitari? The regulation. does feel like the... What's it called? Icing the kicker, and no pun intended, 
was probably more in vogue pre-analytics that have been like, this doesn't do anything. Was that a thing ba- all the way back then, you think? I feel like icing the kicker was a bigger deal when we were kids. Like, you just automatically ice oh, the kicker. Yeah. Maybe. Do, pe- do people still ice the kicker? I don't kicker? really remember it in the 90s, to be honest. I remember, I feel like it's more an early 2000s thing, which this is. That's where my memory kind of yeah. is going to, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, John, let's talk about quarterbacks. Stafford, number one pick. Burrow, number one pick. Trey Lance might as well have been a number one pick for the 49ers. Uh, and both of those guys, you would say, are not going anywhere. And the AFC is a bear. The NFC, we've talked about it, especially if Rodgers were to get traded out of the NFC. Definitely Brady retired for now. The NFC is wide open. But the best quarterbacks in this league, there's a lot of them. You'd say Stafford is on the old side of some of the elite quarterbacks, which is pretty crazy because he's... 34th birthday yesterday, I think, or wow. two days ago. Doesn't look old. Doesn't look like he's aging. No. He he looks good. I also think part of it is, right, the sport, 34, when we were kids, fuck, you watch Joe Montana, like he was holding on for dear life at 34. Now it's like you got seven years left of your career. Uh, I, I do think there is tangible, you know, we've gone back and forth and off air, the 49ers are going to be viewed as one of the powerhouse teams coming into next season. All their core guys are all under contract. They're all going to be coming back. And they're going to be viewed as a team. They already have some of the best odds. Everyone's going to pick them to make the playoffs again. They can get by as they did this year. They don't need their quarterback to be great. They've proven that. Uh, But they are going to have a guy, unlike Jimmy, who just never really played. So there's going to be pressure on him. But it's weird, right? Because... He's going to be compared to his draft class, and there's a chance his draft class even next year, the Jags could still suck, and Trevor could look, you know, incrementally better. But I think it's fair to say next year, Trevor Lawrence, people are going to still be underwhelmed by him. Zach Wilson could still be terrible. The Bears could be in shambles, and Mac just kind of chugs along doing, you know, doing what Mac Jones does. But I also think he's going to be compared just because of the Niners, the Niners and Mac Jones. I mean, Mac did this year. None of those other guys are going to play in a fucking game that matters. Every single game that Trey Lance plays in, starting with week one, matters. You saw it this year with Jimmy, the two games uh, he played in. I think Trey is going to be more looped in with, and not that he's as good as these guys because we haven't really seen him play, but think about all the star young guys, starting with Burrow, Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, Herbert. They were all kind of good immediately. Right, And I think the expectation given the coach, I mean, he has just a superstar rock star coach and the team around him. Because a lot of it, whenever your quarterback sucks, I saw we had a comment uh, on YouTube. I, sometimes I'll just click on that little bell and it'll just have the most recent comments. And one of them was like, you guys compared, and maybe it was me, I said something about Carr and Warner, some parallels. It's like, well, Derek didn't have uh, Isaac Bruce Tory Holt, and then think about the guys he had. Larry fucking Fitzgerald, Nanquan Bolden in Arizona. So if you ever want to argue against good quarterbacks, you always be like, yeah, Montana played with Taylor and Rice. It's like, yeah, I mean, he did. That's all sweet quarterbacks usually play with other sweet players. It can't be argued that this guy is sliding into a team that has Debo Samuel, George Kittle. You know, I, we'll see if Mozart comes back, but we know Elijah Mitchell can play. We know just other running backs will be good. Ayuk is a, you know, pretty fucking good. Hell, Jawan Jennings is the next Kendrick Bourne. Like, it's a pretty smooth transition. I I think the pressure on him 
is going to be very, very high relative to some of his other contemporaries and, and, and relative to what these other young cats have just kind of shown, like hit the ground running. Yeah, there's two kinds of pressure, right? Like the real pressure to succeed and uh, and then the pressure that occurs um, like once you hit the field, like the actual pressure on every play that's on you to make a play. And what I mean by that is how much of the play that gets made, what percentage of the play is you. And you're right. Most of the pressure of all those guys will be on Trey Lance, like in our world. But when Trey hits the field, there will be less pressure on him on every individual play than there is on any of these other guys, right? Because they all have less help. Trevor Lawrence, on an indi- to, uh, to lead an 80-yard touchdown drive, Trevor Lawrence, in theory, has to do more himself than Trey Lance will have to do because of all the guys that you listed. Zach Wilson has to do more himself in an individual 80-yard, two minutes, two-minute drive, uh, two-minute drill, 80 yards to go, right? That's the beauty of it. Like, when you're on a good team, there's just pressure on everybody everywhere. There's pressure on Zach Wilson. There's pressure on Trey Lance. The difference is Trey has help once he steps onto the field with that pressure in a way that most, even Mac Jones, doesn't really have around him. Now, Mac has Bill, doesn't have Josh anymore, right? But that, I think, is what's really unique. Fields has, I don't know where Fields' help is coming from. The dude from uh, Arizona's not bad, Herbert. Was he from University of Arizona, Herbert, the rookie running back? Maybe it was Virginia Tech transfer? Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know why I thought University of Arizona. Yeah, I don't – I think you're right. Maybe he transferred there for a year. Maybe that was it. He transferred portal guy. Um, Played at Kansas from 6 to 19, but I think you're right. I thought he finished at Arizona. Oh, Virginia Tech. I don't know. There was another Herbert. I I don't know why I thought that. I don't know either. Anyway, but that's – like that's the reality, right, is – the pressure that he has comes from the fact that he's on a team that should be good and doesn't rely just on him to be good. But like Mac Jones, just gonna take they, get, ju- they, they get judged on sorry. wins and losses. His teams, like, I'm sorry, the Jets, the Jags, and the Bears just, I'm not saying that they're not, they're fans and they're, you know, the markets don't want them to win, but I think we're all going to acknowledge they're all going to not be very good. Where Trey Lance is taken over for a flawed quarterback. But when that guy started, they just won more games than they lost. And ultimately, like, you know, I think where Matt Stafford got a lot of credit is clearly he's, he had some flaws. And we'll see if, like, he's just turned the corner and next year he's only, like, a seven-pick guy. Like, he's not going to have, like, the longer stretches. But when you put Matt Stafford on a really good team, you're going to the playoffs. You know that for – that's a fact now, right? He played on a couple good teams in Detroit, and they went to the playoffs. He played by far on his best team, and they're in the Super Bowl, Right? They're in the Super Bowl. And I also think it's a little... I've seen that this is the lowest uh, seeds ever in a Super Bowl. Right? It was like both are four seeds. To me, the Bengals are a true four seed. The Rams, I mean, I, they're they're pretty... They won 12 games. And I know we got the extra game now, but I, I think it speaks more... Well, they the would have won 12 games. Yeah, I guess they would have played the Niners earlier than Week 18. But, but, but the NFC was... I mean, had... Had four teams that were all pretty were powerhouses, right? I mean, in the regular season. Now the Cowboys were clearly kind of a flawed powerhouse because they were taking advantage of their division. But like, you have four teams that win twelve games, or, and one wins thirteen. Like, I, it was clearly more top heavy than the AFC. Yeah, I think the Rams were from the beginning of the year a clear tier one Super Bowl contender. That's what they were. 
Like the Bengals were not even a tier two Super Bowl contender at times. No. Yeah. But the Rams were always for them. Now they hit a little stretch right where they lost going into that. What did they lose? Did they lose? They lose four in a row, did they? No, they they lost they lost a couple primetime games. Remember, they lost the Niners. They lost that Titans game Sunday night when Stafford threw his Wentz pick. To yeah. uh, remember, the guy had the pick six. They they just had a stretch where I think people were hesitant to pick. Now they lost three in a row because of Stafford had like six turnovers in that stretch. And to me, that's the only question with Matt Stafford is like if he doesn't turn over the ball, like you're beating Which potentially he led any the league in picks this year. Matt Stafford sneakily. Yeah. No, uh, Trevor Lawrence did, didn't he? How many interceptions did Trevor have? Stafford had like, 17. Maybe Trevor Lawrence 17 too. Did they tie? It's all about the it's all about what you what else you uh taketh and giveth. Uh yeah, they tied 17 picks. 17's a lot. 17's a lot. <laughs> so but, you know he's not having seven now. Trevor Lawrence threw 12 touchdowns. Matthew Stafford threw what would you guess? 38? 39, 39, yeah, 41. Yeah. 41 touchdown passes. <laughs> Yeah, I my expectation, I think we'll look back and But ultimate but I think one thing with Trey is his team, like this is now kind of the rival, slash like if Russell doesn't leave, that's also a rival. Like and say what you want about the little guy that scrubbed his Instagram, he gives a fucking Niners trouble. So it's like the, the yeah. quarterbacks that he has to play. And Rogers are, in this moment in time is still in the in the conference. Niners don't play them next year though, right? No, they don't. So but they do play the Broncos. <laughs> I mean, there's a chance that they get Rodgers, Herbert, and Mahomes. And Carr. Say Derek! Say Derek! <laughs> and Tua. That's a lot of good and quarterbacks, Fields. potentially, though, right? There's a lot of potential, yeah. But you yeah. know you got Herbert, Mahomes, and the division guys. There's just going to be a lot of days where it's like, well, who's better today? Fields or Lance? Who's better today? Lance or Tua? Who's better today? Lance or Herbert? Who's better today? Carr or Lance? Who's better today? Rodgers or Locke or Lance? You know? Kyler. Like, are you going to outplay Kyler twice? No. Unless Hell, I'm playing Colt McCoy's hard enough. Right? So I, it's a good point by you in terms of the division. I, I do think we'll look back in whatever, 20 years and go, man, when you give Kyle Shanahan a solid quarterback, he's making the playoffs. Like, I think that's what's going to happen. And it's why I'm pretty optimistic about Trey. And the fact that, you know, I think one of the things that really helps him, I, the Brandon Ayuk just kind of not even being an offseason story other than Brandon was really good <laughs> at the end. So it's Brandon and Debo being healthy the whole year and Kittle. They and Jennings have, emerging. To me, having that body type is big. And Mitchell. Just, just having a big-ass guy that you can kind of fucking swing it all around. Uh, which guy are you talking about? Juwan Jennings. Jennings. Like, yeah. I, I like having a young quarterback that's accuracy is going to have to be worked on to have a guy that's 6'3 with a huge catching radius. Yeah. And you would say that Ayuk and Debo for smaller players, outstanding catching radiuses, right? Just in terms of like... I was a big catch radius guy as a scout. Like That, to me, matters. Because most quarterbacks are not going to be Joe Montana accuracy wise, they are just going to like Jimmy is much closer to Jimmy is the norm. Jimmy is the majority of guys, right? You even watch like Herbert, some of the Mahomes, like they they kind of spread it around. <laughs> you know, not everyone's whoop. most stronger arm guys. You would say can be a little all over them. Like the reason Peyton Manning or Philip Rivers, they didn't have a choice. They had to be pinpoint. Trey, you can just tell he's gonna he's gonna spray it a little bit. But if you got guys with good catching radiuses, 
I mean, look at Stafford. I would say that their team, Cooper Cup, obviously now Odell, when Higby's in there, that's one thing he's he's spread around a little bit. Yeah, I think the thing with Jimmy, it really stands out because you don't get the downfield shots also. They don't exist. Which Feels like we, they'll take a lot more next year. Yeah. Which in and of itself that, will that, be. That is a big thing in the division. Like when you think of the NFC West, what do you think? Kind of bombs away, right? Right. DK and you just and it's not just the quarterbacks, it's the combos of guys. Yeah, it's just Kyler throws bombs. Stafford, I mean, it feels like they throw a bomb a quarter. The Rams just if I, I just when I just think about watching the Rams this year, like they push the ball down the field. I mean, they're they're a throwing offense. One thing with Seattle will be interesting is like uh, Rashad Penny, who I never quite jumped off the bandwagon, had a really good end of the season. I think he led the league in rushing in December. And it's like, if they could ever just get a balanced offense, they would actually become a lot more scary. I think sometimes when they get off, is like when Russell starts cooking, the, the kitchen burns down, when he just has to throw 40 times a game. When he has been dominant, and this same with Dak, but Russell's the way better version. It's like, well, can I just get a 100-yard rusher to go with my throwing? Because then good fucking luck. That's where Kyle kicks your ass. He does it with average guys because it's like, well, we're rushing for 120. So you don't know when our passes are coming. With Russ, it's like, I'll just play back. He's going to throw deep, and he still hits them. That's what's weird about the Cardinals is they kind of throw to set up their little run game. I hate the Cardinals' offense, but it works. (laughs) Well, I mean, it works to a point. I mean, we found the thing with them is even if you lose to them head-to-head, it's still going to be a race in which you got to win games in December – in November and December, and you still might be able to out, you know, win more games than them. Yeah, even to if me, you, but just they have the big, they them. have the biggest question mark of like, can their guys stay healthy for a season? Right? Why, why, he's back to yeah. I mean, I do think the Trey question mark, can he stay healthy for a season? Is out there. I would say that's also one of my well, that, big but, questions. But he's for just Trey a, to me, Trey is just a pure unknown. I mean, Kyler is kind of yeah. He's known. unknown, except I do know he got hurt in a game, so it's not like. I watched him run around and not look comfortable running around. Like he took some hits just because I didn't, he wasn't comfortable doing it. He was hesitating. So I think that is one of the questions I think on Trey Lance this year is like, does he look better as a runner when we see him again? Yeah. You, you could argue his running underwhelmed. It did. It, it underwhelmed. All right, John, let's talk about this uh, with an update. Let's take a listen. Here is Tom Brady with uh, Jim Gray on his podcast. Let's go. You know, I'm just going to take things as they come. You know, I think that's, you know, I'm just... Did you hear that? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Let me let me uh, add this again here. Here we go. I'm just going to take things as they come. You know, I think that's the best way to put it. And I, I don't think anything never, you know, you never say never. And, you know, at the same time, I know that I'm very, I feel very good about my decision. So I don't know how it feels six months from now. It may change. It most likely won't. But, you know, I try to make the best possible decision I can in the moment, which I did this last week. And again, I think it's not looking to, you know, reverse course. I'm definitely not looking to do that. Um, but in the same time, I think you have to be realistic that you never know what, what, what challenges there are going to be in life. And um, again, I love playing. I'm looking forward to doing things other than playing. That's as honest as I can be with you there, Jim. What do you think? Well, I mean, I think we all thinking if he came back, 
the Niners would be in play. But he doesn't have six months to make a decision to come back for the Niners, right? Because they are, if they trade Jimmy Garoppolo, they're going to use that money to improve their team and build it around Trey Lance. And they wouldn't have the cash because he's not a free agent. He would have to do a double whammy, tell Tampa, I'm coming back and I want to play in San Francisco. And it would be complicated. And it would be it wouldn't be on the table if the Niners spend all the money. Just period point blank. Like that's just that'd just be a fact, right? If they if they have like they use all the available cap space beside what they're gonna use to sign their draft picks, there's no just like, well, we can trade for his twenty million dollar contract, right? No, I mean I would there'd be some massive restructure going on, right? Just to give him a chance. But, but there's only so he can't come back and play. It's not like he can just pe- play for a million dollars, right? The contract is the contract. Yeah. So I I, th- I think it's very complicated. Could he force though. the Bucks to cut him? No, because they would want compensation. Yeah, I mean it's just I I do think the Bucks would have to. I think the, I, I've said this before. I think if you're the Bucks, you would have to participate. Like Tom gave you two years. You can't. You're not holding Tom Brady hostage. You'll trade him and get whatever you get from the Niners for him. But they're gonna. I mean, they're gonna move on here in the next month, right? They're gonna trade yeah. for a quarterback or draft a quarterback, or you would think they're gonna try to win. Yeah, I mean, drafting a quarterback doesn't stop them. Drafting no, multi- no, they they just know. did. Yeah, <laughs> drafting Matt Corral doesn't prevent them from bringing Tom Brady back. But if they were to trade for like, let's just Jason Light, Jimmy Garoppolo, I, we've right. talked about he's not a good fit there. But I'm just saying, like, I don't know who exactly the player would be, but if they have a guy on the roster. This is where when you come back from retirement, it was why people gave Rodgers a lot of shit. Like, are you really just trying to fuck with them? Or you are you actually mean you want to get trade? Who does this? You do this, and this year he got to let him know before free agent. Shit, Aaron, you've been in the league for 17 years. And, you know? Yeah. Tom, Tom knows that, too. Yeah, I, I think that you know, you and I both watched the Montana doc on Peacock, which was fantastic. And Brady's all over that thing. I'd for, I did not know. I, not, I've forgotten. I didn't know. We all know that had heard the story that Brady was at the catch game. I didn't know Brady was at Montana's last game. Cause he wanted to go see Joe one last time. I mean, the, the Niners on Monday night football, right? The Niners meant a lot to Tom. And if Tom wanted to come back, I don't think the Niners would say no again. Um, partly because we saw this year, like, uh, you know, I don't think, I think they like Trey Lance, but they're open to a better quarterback being on the field before Trey Lance is ready to play. I mean, they did it all year long with Jimmy, right? So like, I don't think they look at it and go, nope, we just did it with Jimmy. Trey was the backup. Now Trey's really ready. They'd go, what the hell? Trey can sit another year and sit behind Tom Brady. I mean, that's what they would say. That's right. That's what I would tell them to do. Yes. Trey can wait another year. That's what I would say. And you might have to trade another first or whatever you got to do. But would you, would you trade pick sixty one for a year of Tom Brady? Yes. Would you? Yes. Based off of what Tom Brady last season, I mean the Niners, the Niners are in the Super Bowl with Tom Brady. One, they might have won the division with Tom Brady, right? I mean, just just do the math. I mean, we just we saw Tom Brady on the Bucks dominate. He a lot of people argued that he had a legitimate uh, argument for the MVP based statistically against Aaron Rodgers. And then if you really dove into Aaron Rodgers, you're like, well, if you siphon out the fucking six uh, divisional games, who he destroys. Someone 
someone posted his divisional stats these last two years, the last 12 games. It's like 38 touchdowns, three picks against Minnesota, Chicago, and the Lions. Now Tom gets to beat up on some bad people too, and the Saints, whose defense is awesome, has given him some trouble. But regardless, like obviously the Niners would do do anything for either one of those guys to be their quarterback because they'd be awesome. They've had an average quarterback who brings some intangible value, and they've been to the they went to the NFC Championship game. So yeah, you would trade pick sixty one. You know why? Because like you're going up against the Rams, who are starting to operate like the Yankees, and it's working. So you couldn't bypass it. Like you bypass it the first time, you were wrong. You can't bypass it the second time. Now you could say pick sixty one for one year of Tom, like, yeah, who gives a fuck? It's just part of doing business. Uh, $9 million, B-Zinc on the stream, $9 million is his cap hit this year. Brady's cap hit in 2022, if he's active, is $9 million. His dead cap is $32 million. I knew no dead cap gets, you got to like, every guy's different, but usually gets like cut in half almost when you get traded. Cause but, yeah, think- but I mean, that wouldn't apply to the, like the number that matters to the Niners is the nine. Yeah, I'm just saying on the uh, the Bucks like that number actually might it's not as bad as the 32 because you say 32 is a lot. Yeah, right? yeah. You're saying like Tannehill's not 50 million dollars to the Titans if they trade him. Yeah, it's like 28 or something. HR says Brady has like three sisters. Says he's one of the worst at, worst athletes. Apparently, they're awesome volleyball players. Well, one of them, Maureen, was a I think did she win a na- I don't know if she won a national championship, but she was a great softball player at Fresno State. Is the former voice of Fresno State softball and. I wasn't there when she was there, but I always heard the stories. Didn't you have what, another one that another players. niece that played at UCLA? I yeah, niece does really it. Yeah, yeah. So UCLA. She one it's one of his sister's daughters. Uh, she, I remember seeing her. She was at the Bucks game the other day. Uh, well, let's add this to the uh, to the dynamic here, John Scott Zolak of uh, is it ninety eight five Sports Hub? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Zolak and Bertrand. Said, uh, was this, what's today, the 8th? Said today, said this morning, uh, as it relates to the Niners, I think that's what Brady's focused on. He's been focused on it for two years. Uh, They've got to deal Jimmy, and he knows that Lance isn't ready, and he knows that the team is built to win right now. That's attractive to him. How many years has Olax been with Tom? I mean. 20, because he's been the voice of the Patriots, and. Zolak's got, for people that don't quite know Zolak, I'd call him like the Tim Ryan quarterback version, but even less muzzled. I mean, can do whatever the fuck he wants. Kind of just a made guy. Boston's a different animal than out here. I don't, I think he knows. I would take Tom Brady in a heartbeat. I, I, I would, I wouldn't miss an OTA practice. I mean, as just a fan of Greatness. history. I mean, it would just, I'd be able to tell people the rest of my life. I, I, I've never, I've seen Tom Brady play live one time and it was awesome. I mean, he dominated. Now it's, even when you watch him live, he's not, it's more that you're just watching Tom Brady, right? Now, then here's, here's the part of this, John, that's a little weird, right? Uh, as James says, uh, James on the stream, why would he retire if he wanted to go to the Niners? Allows him to contact people. He can retire sit down with John and Kyle and just talk it all out and they don't have to break any rules. Yeah. Is that worth retiring for? Like you can just back channel that thing. Anyway, you can tell the bucks like guys, I'm done. What if it's just as simple as guy? She's in your ass. to Yeah. I think he retired because he's, that's what he's going to try. He's going to try and retire, but he's also going, 
like almost like he told Giselle, Giselle, I'll give it three months, but if I want to come back for one more year on the Niners, I, I might the, choose to do that. The Niners are going to have to know, though, guy. There's I know, like, that. There's no, I don't, I don't think it's possible for him to come back in August. The other thing is the offense. Could he just show up in August and then feel comfortable? He'd be the one guy you'd have to do it for, but that would I, that would make Kyle a little uneasy, right? Or you just let Trey keep getting the reps and then let him come back and take be the starter? Uh, it's pretty tough, right? Because one way or the other, like what did the Bucks do? They ran, they did what Tom wanted. That's not exactly how Kyle would run it, right? There would have to be now. Kyle would do some do what Tom likes, obviously, but it would take some work, take some effort. Like say what you want about Jimmy, like he'd been working with these guys for years. Him and Debo and Kittle and IU had been together on some level multiple years. If you're a season ticket holder, could you imagine how much you could flip some of these tickets for during the season? Wow. I mean, how many primetime? What's the limit? Six primetime games? Or has that changed since they went I, to 17? I, I, thought, I thought it's five, but it, wouldn't they already be Jimmy, Trey, Tom, whoever? They're already a max, wouldn't you say, going into next year? They're good for a couple Sunday nights, a Monday night. Obviously, a Thursday, there's four. So, yeah. Right. If Tom, if Tom wants in, he, if, if Tom wants in, he will be the 49ers quarterback. It's just on him. Because I don't, the, the one thing, and listen, I think PR, I said this about the Texas and Levy Smith. I, I think it's so overrated, like negatively or positively, but you couldn't turn down Tom Brady a second time. That's just, that's wouldn't be allowed. No, the one thing that would save you is Tom might only come back for you so he wouldn't go somewhere else and win a Super Bowl, right? Like, if I the know, Niners I'm just saying no. if it came no, out, no, I, they said I no. totally agree with you. I'm just saying that one's worse because he wouldn't want a Super Bowl in Tampa. I don't think the last time was crazy. It got crazier once as time went on and you look back. But at the time, I think most people were in agreement. Like, just stick with Jimmy, just got to the Super Bowl. Clearly pivoted quickly from that line of thinking, but at the time he had the fan base, which is clearly massive, uh, on his side. This time it'd be a no-brainer. It's like, yeah, we'll just wait another year for Trey. <laughs> Fucking let's roll. Yeah, and there's worse things Trey could wait through. Now it, it could also be as simple as: Would you have to give up pick sixty-one? Like, could you just give him like a three, make everyone happy, and just move on? They got to get rid of him no matter what. I mean, Tom could say, look, guys, I'm only coming back for that team. So we could tell the Niners, don't budge. The same way the Pacers uh, said, we're not budging on Halliburton. Was that the story? <laughs> yeah, the story was the Kings were trying to trade them Mitchell and uh, Bagley last week. And the Pacers were like, no. <laughs> we want Halliburton. So, Zolak, baby. If Tom comes, I don't want Russ to leave. I don't want Rodgers really to leave either. Well, but if he goes to the Broncos, you'd see that game. That's true. Be a good NFC championship game, though. Can you imagine? Russ? The, everyone's debating, right? Where, where'd that come from? Russ is, is Ru, do, Ryan well, Clark's Ryan, Ryan Clark shit great. on him. Yeah. I do think Russ, he was on the precipice, right? He won a Super Bowl year two, was about to win another one year. Was that year three? Was that the next year? Were they going to go back-to-back against yeah. the Patriots? Yeah, I mean, what it could have been, I think Russ is just great. But what it could have been, man, I, I think he can be he can be two things at the same time. I think he can be slightly overrated and an all time great. Yeah, right. Like someone yeah. asked me the other day in a DM, like, 
you always act like Rodgers and Russell Wilson, there's a big gap. When you look at the numbers, they're actually closer than you realize. It's like, yeah, just fucking watch the games. Like, Aaron Rodgers is dramatically better than Russell Wilson. But that's also like saying Steph Curry is dramatically better than just some other really good point guard. Like, let's just use like Damian Lillard or something. That doesn't mean Damian Lillard's not a great player. You're just Aaron Rodgers, I think most football people would say, just in a vacuum on given games is like a top six or seven player all time, right? And it feels like you Russ is better than Dame. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying or at to least use that. that no, 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 that's a good point. Perfect. That's a good point. But it's like you can say that Russ is like a top five quarterback, but like the top two or three guys, like I wouldn't hesitate taking like Mahomes, Tom, Aaron over him. But I don't, maybe you, we have a different opinion when you just watch so much NFC West football. It's like the fucking guy can play. Yeah. I think Ryan Clark was just, I don't know if out of pocket is is the right word that the kids would use, but just he was just wrong, you know? But he could, because he he just went too extreme. You could be like, you know, he's a little overrated. Some def- I talked to defensive coordinators in the league that I played for that think, you know, he's not as good as the top guys. That's true. But to act like he he made him sound like he was like just some average guy. It's like, nah, bro. I'll be honest. I didn't click the video. I just saw the quote. My question is, how many quarterbacks are all time greats? Like, I think we talk about the top ten all the time. Russ is not top ten, right? Oh, but how many quarterbacks history? are are all? Yeah, just like. How many quarterbacks are all-time greats? Is is um, Terry Bradshaw an all-time great? It's hard for me to say. I didn't really witness. Yeah, it. I mean, but I would say ge- generally he's considered yes, right? One of the great quarter, won four Super Bowls, right? Doesn't mean he's not top fifteen, probably. If we off the top of my I, head, I think one thing Ryan Clark threw in there, which I agree with. He, I think he's like he ain't Ben Roethlisberger. It's like yeah, I would rather have peak Ben Roethlisberger than peak Russell Wilson. I don't, but Ben Roethlisberger is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. With Brady, unless Brady well, Russ probably will be too, right? First ballot, I think so. He'll be in the mix. I mean, he he's a Hall of Depends Famer. on his class, but I I think he will be. He also like Russ ain't done. He's one of the right? most remarkable quarterbacks I've ever watched. Yeah, he's awesome in my life. He can have some flaws, but wouldn't you say most great players have some flaws, right? Yeah. Calvin yeah. Johnson was a first ballot Hall of Famer. Russell Wilson can be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, Russ just, he plays quarterback, too. He's just one of the biggest stars in the league, consistently. I think he's going to have, I've been saying that, I, I'm i expecting a, a gut check. Did you, you motherfuckers forgot about me, bounce back season for Russ? I don't know if his team is good enough to, like, make it last 17 games. You know what I mean? I'm back, bitches! But I think he might, like, me and the Giants are winning nine games when everybody said we couldn't. Uh, Dayball, Kafka, and me. Yeah. Tua. And Wink. And Wink Martindale. Is that where Wink is? Yeah, Wink Martindale, one of the Giants. John, let's tell the people about sleepnumber.com slash ham. Life-changing sleep comes from sleepnumber.com slash ham. Whether you like to sleep on something real soft, like Middlecoff, whose sleep number is between 29 and 31, or you like a firm mattress, which is also still, by the way, very soft. Me, I'm in the 59 to... 62 range on my uh, sleep number. No matter what you like, you can find it with sleepnumber.com slash ham. I think I'm going to pivot. My next bed is going to be a little harder. I, I've noticed. Well, you can just you adjust know, it. What, what may, true. I think you graduate out of. Uh, Have you been out, firm? Just firm it up. I'm just, I, that's what I need to do. I need to firm it up probably about. I'm going to do that tonight. Do about 45. Uh, I, I feel, I don't know about you. Last time we talked, we were just not in the right headspace. I feel much better. Better rested the last couple nights. Feel great today. 
uh, thanks to my sleep number bed. Uh, I've just had a cup of coffee, but that was a couple actually an hour ago. So you got to be careful with your caffeine intake. Be careful about. I actually took my iPad into my room last night, but I I, I dimmed it. I you know you got to dim okay. It you ever do that? You yep. like, it's right in front of your face. You're like this is too close. Remember they teach you as a. You ever get yelled at as a kid like. Sit away from the television all the and time. It was like the box television that wasn't even that bright. Now, like every kid's like right up next to. The well, now you side. go buy a TV. They're like, uh, uh, now how far are you gonna? Uh, how big are you thinking? Oh, you know, seventy inches. All right, you're gonna want to be four feet away. Like what? Four <laughs> feet? Yeah. So you got to be very careful because as the uh, as the people will tell you, including Sleep Number, it'll keep you awake and you want a good night's sleep. Eating, eating right. You know, you don't want to eat too late, guy. You don't want to no. eat too late. That's a good point. You want to exercise regularly. I mean, these are the basics, folks. You want to be ready for sleep. You want to accept sleep when it comes to you. And you can keep track. Keep track of your sleep health with data. Sleep number 360 smart bed. Like the guy trying to give Julius Randall the laptop the other day, just trying to show him the data in the huddle. The sleep number 360 smart bed shows you a daily snapshot of factors that can dramatically affect your sleep quality, like duration, efficiency, and timing. Sleepers who routinely use their Sleep Number 360 smart bed features get almost 100 hours more of proven quality sleep per year. Think of all the energy you get when you have 100 more hours of proven quality sleep. Sleepnumber.com slash ham. Discover special offers for a limited time at Sleep Number Store or sleepnumber.com slash ham. That's Sleep Number. Proven quality sleep is life-changing. Uh, podcast also brought to you by our friends at Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed.com slash ham. Indeed.com slash ham. When your business is starting the championship run, nothing matters more than finding and hiring the best team. You don't always get Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase just know each other. Let's plug them together. It's going to work, right? You might not be working from an advantage like that. Well, with Indeed, you are working with an advantage. You do have the power to build a dynasty by hiring more MVPs faster. Yeah, sometimes you get a Haberman or you get a Middlecoff, and they need to be molded a little bit. But the easiest way to find them, guy, is with instant match. So our small business owners that are listening, maybe you're maybe you're listening and you're in charge of hiring at your company, with instant match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description. So you know exactly what you're looking about. Instead of wasting hours of time using all these different job sites, just use Indeed. It's the quickest way to find the right people to get in your company, to get in your business, and start dominating, taking market share, printing cash. So start hiring right now with $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade. Think about that. $75 investment to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash ham. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash ham to claim your $75 job credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash ham. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Condities. Condities! Uh, Josh on the stream says, you can't eat if you're sleeping. Did, did you forward like me or did someone else forward me? I guess Stephen A. said this morning, if Justin Jefferson played in a warmer weather climate, he'd put up 2,000 yards. It's almost like, bro, he fucking plays in a dome, you idiot. <laughs> That's pretty good. How about Diggs and Diggs going against each other in the Pro Bowl, but reversed? They put uh, the Quan Diggs played DB. <laughs> That's that pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forget they're brothers. Stefan, to me, Stefan is made for that environment. He's just, like, not going that hard, but doing, like, one-handed catches. Just... The wide receivers thrive, it feels like, in the two-hand touch, doesn't it? Yes, they do. 
I, like I, I there was I saw one clip because like, wide receivers geez. would prefer real football gets played that way. Like, all right, we're good. I got 18 yards. We're cool. 100. <laughs> Never hit me. I, I saw one clip of T.J. Watt. You could tell he was really uncomfortable. Like it just goes against his ethos to be kind of doing well, it. But he, what are you supposed he, to do? Just steal a sack? Like crush a quarterback? Yeah, you can't. You know. I saw six, Crosby. Crosby. Six million practice. people hated the Pro Bowl, John. Six and a half. Six and a half million people hated the Pro Bowl. Do you think? Do you think like I count? I had him on TV too, but it was like, do they get that, or are they just complete guessing? Oh, well, I mean, it's complete guessing. Yeah, but uh, you do count. You uh, to me, just having it on, you counts. Yeah, I mean, they actually have no clue, right? You weren't watching. Yeah, it's just it's an educated guess. If you watch on mute, actually, I don't think it counts. Seriously? Well, if you have one of the the meters. I think measures like from the audio. There's different kinds. There's sometimes it's like, what do you write in a diary? And other ones, it picks up the audio signals. If you watch on mute, it doesn't count. And other ones, people meter. I I can't. The whole thing's a scam. The, the there can't there scam. can't be a bigger sham scam, just fooling everyone than TV ratings. But nothing tops radio ratings. But TV ratings. It's now, clear a lot of people are watching the NFL. Yeah, I mean, you do say, like, by and large, they it does properly reflect, but it's still... I wonder how many, let's say the Super Bowl happens, and let's just pick an even number. 100 million people watched. Yeah. Are they within 3 million people, or are they within 12 million people, right? Great question. They actually don't give a fuck because they just charge a shitload, right? You see that what the ads are going for? I think it's uh, like... How much? I think it's like 3 or $4 million for 30 seconds. Because all based on that, well, they're going to 110 million people are going to watch. Uh, Sway on the stream says Mike McDaniel steals Raheem Mostert. Most, it's been a while. Two T's Most, or one. Mostert. Long, long time since we were calling him Mozart. Um, let's discuss. I mean, See he's going to be cheap for somebody. Like he'd be really, it'd be one of those. Like to me, he's kind of feels like uh, Kwan Williams last year for the Niners. Like he's gone. It's like, well, he's really cheap for them. No one else really was interested. He's also uh, injured. Well, yeah, that's why he'd be really cheap. Yeah. I mean, they have him under contract because remember when he bitched and moaned about he wasn't making enough and they gave him the yeah. fake contract. Like, I would imagine they just bring him back, right? I, just, I would think, like, to me, Shanahan's pretty established in just when you think he should get rid of somebody, like like Hurd, if it doesn't cost him anything to keep him around or it doesn't cost him much, he keeps the guy around if he thinks the guy's got something. And and clearly, when that guy's healthy, they've got something. He's he. I guess he is a free agent. Oh, he's okay. So, what would he cost? A million, two million, a million and a half. Coming off a major knee injury, I think he's like a prove it. You know, I don't think he's worth anything. Running back. Yeah. I, so less. What's the veteran memo minimum? Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah. I mean, maybe they you got to guarantee like a couple hundred grand. I mean, he had a pretty major knee injury. I remember in like December, they're like Mozart's walking without crutches. It's like, well, that, that's not usually like a GM. Let's give him three million dollars. But I, yeah, he'll be. He's got dolphins written all all over. Unless the Niners can get him back on the veteran minimum, which they would. Yeah. Uh Mike McDaniel, John. Apparently Debo Samuel, was it Peter King or Albert Breer that wrote that Debo told the Dolphins to hire Mike McDaniel? Uh <laughs> which is you're I don't know who that, contacted. You're saying someone with the Dolphins contacted Debo Samuel? Maybe Debo sent a tweet. I don't know. Didn't one of those two guys report that? I can't keep track of my Peter King Albert Breer articles. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of similar sometimes. I, I thought the report was that Debo 
I didn't know that that Debo had said that he had met with Mike McDaniel every Tuesday to go over like run game stuff. Which Tuesday is an NFL player's off day. Most wide receivers in the NFL, like Stephon Diggs, probably wasn't meeting with Dayball on Tuesday. I don't blame him. If I was them, I wouldn't meet too. I think it reflects two things. One, Debo, pretty fucking high level guy. Two, you know these pictures. I listen. Is he going to be a good head coach or not? I got no clue. Some of these pictures that the Dolphins are tweeting out have been pretty. Un- I mean, pretty cool. I mean, the picture that him signing the contract with his daughter looking up. I mean, signing a contract, I would say at minimum is worth $20 million. Well, I to mean, me, the interesting moment. part about that is like, did you see his daughter just start laughing the second she looked at the number? Like, she, even for a young kid, she understood those were a lot of zeros. <laughs> she, she knows. That was a great, it was a great photo, him and his little girl. It was really, really cool. And I, I, I do think that Sala was clearly, they didn't. If you just loosely fall, you wouldn't even know Salah existed this year watching the Niners. I do think McDaniel is going to be the first guy where there's just going to be an impact. Because even bringing in Anthony Lynn, he is not going to be able to have do what Mike McDaniel did right away. And there's a chance that... I told you this before we hopped on. Someone told me... Uh, Let's just say that no Sala pretty well. And I guess, because so, you know, obviously they hired this guy. Everyone in the Jets is like, what's this guy's deal? They, they, he's in the division, right? I mean, the Jets don't want to be in last place forever. And Sala was telling everyone, like, this fucking guy's brilliant. And you, you would say that Sala had a front row seat being around these guys, obviously every day in practice, just in the meetings, thinks very, very highly of him. And one thing that can't be argued with this guy is, you know, I think football guys – when you're not a football guy, they get kind of uh, separated. And I think McDaniel is really kind of like a, a unique specimen in the NFL because he is, he's been a coach, but he's like, he's viewed as like this Ivy League mind. And now that he has the glasses, he kind of looks nerdy, but he did play college football at Yale. But when you hear him talk, like clearly these players, I mean, what you, the thing you tweeted out about what Juszczyk told us and the way Debo... Called like him a they, genius for people that missed it. Juszczyk they told us they love the guy. And part of, you know, it goes back to... Back with Belichick, who I think was probably the first crew of guys in like the early 80s. Because forever, if you wanted to scout or coach in the NFL, you were a former player in the 60s and 70s. In the 80s, I think it started transitioning a little bit. And everyone looked at little Belichick, like, I'm not listening to you. And pretty early on, right, the crew of Harry Carson, uh, Lawrence Taylor, and the, the head honcho, Bill Parcells, realized, this guy's smarter than us all, and we need this guy. And they completely changed. And by the end of the Montana documentary, they're fucking beating him in the 1990 NFC Championship. And Belichick is the guy with, they're all huddled around him. People care in football about this, because unlike baseball, He's pointing to his mind for those of you listening. Yeah, I can. I, I'm either going to hit or not. In 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 basketball, like I'm sorry. Part of why Julius Randle was not listening to that guy. I don't think most basketball guys. Every single time I hear him interviewed, they're like, "Yeah, I don't really listen to the analytics." It's much more of a feel sport, right or wrong. In football, I don't care how big of a meathead or whatever. Every single interview you've ever heard with a football player, they always give a lot of credit when they're around a great coach. Like this guy really improved me. Because it's just basic. Every time there's a play. And it goes back to the dude making fun of Josh... DJ Williams making fun of Josh McDaniels. Part of the reason I bet all those guys are in Denver like, this is unreal. Because they're telling them, like, go here, the run's going to come to you. Or run there, you're going to be wide open. It's why Kyle gets a lot of credits. Andy gets a lot of credit. Belichick gets a lot of credit. 
Vrabel got a lot of credit for playing the game back against Belichick, right, with the rules. I think McDaniels gets a ton of credit for this run game that the Niners have really separated themselves for. I saw someone's like, I, Kyle's getting all this credit because he moved Debo to running back. Like, that's basic football one-on-one. Well, yeah, in the NFL, no one does it. Nobody. So I, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been watching football for fucking almost 30 years now, and it's pretty rare that yeah. you just see what he just did with Debo Samuel. Yeah, and it's a testament to Debo, right? Like, there's a reason show. Like, it's like that. You know what? That's like saying, "That's a dumb comment." It's like saying, "You're Shohei Otani. Oh, cool, hitting and pitching. Everybody does that in high school." Well, yeah, but nobody does it in the big leagues. That's the point. Yes, everybody does it in high school, and a bunch of guys do it in college. Nobody does it in the major leagues. Nobody. It's like. <laughs> Oh, averaging 30 a game. Everybody does that in high school. Yes, nobody does that in the NBA. Yeah. It's, you get certain credit. Like, there's a reason Dion and Bo Jackson well, Everybody more flies credit. flight simulators through storms. Congratulations for landing a boat on the Hudson River, Sully. <laughs> I do that on a flight simulator from my house. Yeah, I, 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 I do just wonder if this is going to be a little hard to uh, to just fill his spot. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be. Now, is it the Falcons trying to replace Kyle? You know, the good thing for the Niners is they have Kyle. But I, I think everyone's been telling, all these guys have been saying it for years. Mike McDaniel's really good at his job. Mike McDaniel's really good at his job. And to your point, they don't just say he's really good. They call him a genius. And obviously Kyle values him. Just look at it as simple, simply as that, right? Yeah. I mean, I... I'm a Dolphins fan just because I want to watch this guy off. I think it's going to work, John. Here was the quote, by the way. Debo Samuel, this is, it was Peter King. Debo Samuel, in a recommendation to Miami, also credited McDaniel with teaching him how to be a better pro. I wonder if there was there like a Debo quote on like McDaniel's presentation maybe or something? I uh, Do you think that the coaching style in football has changed moving forward? Like, obviously, there's still guys. I, I wouldn't call them relics. It's not fair. But, like, the older generation, guys in their 60s, Arians, Saban, Bill, can get away with coaching like you could coach. I, I do think it's very, very difficult for a young guy. It's why I'm always out on the moment I get a young guy like Joe Judge start screaming at people. Like, I, I'm out on you. Now, it doesn't mean you're not allowed to scream at someone when they fuck up. But if that is your point of difference, like, you're just const- – Brian Flores was just constantly angry in Miami screaming at everyone. It's not going it, people are going to hate you. You're allowed like Kyle Shanahan get on a guy, but part of it is like young people are just you could say it's not as tough a generation or whatever, but people have just are different now than they were 20 well, 30 years ago. Tell me this, who are the toughest teams in the NFL? Most physical teams in the league. Uh the Niners, uh Patriots. The Rams actually got pretty physical. Is it Browns probably? With their, just with a run game? Some of it is, yeah, you run the ball a lot and you have some physical players on defense. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think you can you can yell at defensive linemen. The Niners line coach, you hear him at practice, right? He's screaming. Yeah. I mean, Seattle historically wasn't because yeah, Pete was screaming at people. So, I mean, yes, I, I think you're right. I also think there's so there is so much film you can watch, right? You can You can be so efficient in the way you study the game. There's so much information available that even players can have access to all kinds of stuff. 
And if you're a player, PFF is grading you. People are tweeting at you. Like, you can't hide. Your one bad game, that game you loafed, is right there for everybody to see. So the coach that can tell you what you're doing wrong and how to actually be better at it beyond effort is extremely valuable. I mean, it's just... Well, the better you play, the more money you make, right? I mean, it's just it's pretty just basic economics. So if you yeah. can make me a better player, I'm going to be richer. Right. Like, if you look at and think about the Niners, Kyle, Kyle Juszczyk signed a contract with the 49ers that was... It's going to be an outlier forever just because the position doesn't really exist. He maintained and, and got better and was so good that they basically resigned him to the same contract. So I bet when he signed the contract, they're like, this is life-changing money. This will be the biggest contract you ever got. He literally got it twice. George Kittle went from... A lot of my friends are like, he's my greatest miss. And I'm like, I don't know if he's your greatest miss. It's just they took this kind of raw, physically gifted guy. And obviously, George deserves a lot of credit the way he's wired and you watch him practice. They made him one of the highest paid guys at his position in league history. Debo Samuel is going to get, it's going to be fascinating whenever you know, he does get paid. Like they turn offensive skill guys, Brandon Ayuk thing, you know, we were, you and I differed because I, I didn't like what they did, but it, you did and it worked. Brandon Ayuk's going to be on pace to like get paid. You know, you, yeah. Kendrick Bourne went from undrafted free agent to boom, New England gave him money. You would say, what do you think is going to happen to Juwan Jennings? So you gum around these Niner guys, and if and if McDaniel's plays a role in that, if he can help Jalen Waddle even become better, if Tua become a serviceable starting quarterback, he'll get people paid, and that's really what people care about. I think the Tua thing is such a win for him because it doesn't take much, and all eyes will be on it. And if Tua just looks better, then it's going to be a reflection of him. People are going to go, God, you did that for Tua? I actually think it. I agree there. I think it kind of really starts the clock on Sala. Like, you better start beating Miami, bro. Because if this guy, if you're like, well, well, I got his assistant, you got his assistant, and this guy's beating me. I think there's a chance you'd rather have Tua than Zach Wilson. Uh, he probably, he, I mean, there's a chance he can become more co- of a consistent player. You know what you're getting. But my point is, like, what if over the next couple of years, McDaniel beats him three out of four times or something? Because it'd be like, well, you're not, beating, you're not beating Belichick, right? Or, you know, you're losing to the Bills. They're one or two seed. Does Miami start kicking your ass? Yeah. I guess they probably already are, but do, does this maintain? <laughs> yeah, they have been. Uh, Titans, by the way, on the stream. Ducks, Stars, says Titans. Tough team. It's it's hard to not be viewed as a physical team when you run. I, I think the Eagles this year, because they were so good at the line of scrimmage, were physical. If you run the ball well, you're viewed as a tough team, right? Uh, Yeah. John, police, Alvin Kamara, allegedly punched a man eight times, and uh, apparently the video backs it up because they obviously have video of it. Uh, You know he's probably guilty when the statement from the attorneys is this. Um, Alvin Kamara has gained a well-deserved reputation for being a hardworking, community-minded individual. The recent Las Vegas allegations are not consistent with who he has shown himself to be in public and private life. Therefore, we are uh, conducting our own investigation into all circumstances and individuals associated with this matter to determine the facts and motivations of all involved. I shouldn't say probably guilty. What I should say is the video probably speaks for itself. And these guys are like, look, you're going to see the video. Maybe the video's out. I'm not sure. I haven't seen it. TMZ will have it soon if it's not. But hey, man, this is this is a the guy said some stuff, whatever. Um, But uh, that is the situation with Alvin Kamara arrested at 
Allegiant Stadium. Is that correct? Is that I think he had, he had gotten trouble. I mean, the incident happened the night before, and I think the police were waiting for him at Allegiant Stadium. I had read after that he the was after the game, whether he either in the locker room or when he was coming out. Yeah, oh yeah, right it actually there. says sorry. Kamara taken into custody Sunday afternoon uh, at Allegiant Stadium. So. Uh, after cops say he brutally beat a man inside a Las Vegas Boulevard hotel around 6 a.m. Saturday morning. Wow. Not taking the Pro Bowl seriously. Well, 6 uh, a.m. What time was kickoff? Noon? <laughs> uh, a broken orbital among the uh, injuries. So, so this guy got the shit kicked out of him. Will this be the last uh, post-game arrest at Allegiant Stadium? Uh, yeah, because a lot of times they get arrested on site. You know I mean? Maybe Alvin was so fast he's fucking out of there. <laughs> like, where is he? He's like... The guy's gone. It's like back to his suite. <laughs> it's like, is he in the elevator? He's like, up got a here. game. <laughs> He's like, Sean Payton worked on this. Everyone's like, got it. You know, I thought guys were mailing in the Pro Bowl, but Alvin was here five hours early getting treatment. Yeah. The Patriot guys taking over this organization. Think about some of the guys. Damon Arnett, of all the Raiders that have gotten trouble, was the only shithead. And when I say that, I mean the only guy with major red flags that I know teams that didn't have him on the board. Henry Ruggs was not a character guy. He didn't. He had. He was positively uh, vouched for at Alabama, and, and they will be negative on guys. Like I think there were some questions on Leatherwood, not on Henry Ruggs, not on really any of the four guys, uh, the uh, the receivers. Vegas is taking down guys left and right. I mean, it's taking down countless Raiders. Right, Ruggs, Arnett. You could say Arnett might have been taken down. I mean, he's been he cut. Went. He was cut again by was it Denver? The Chiefs. It was Chiefs. Chiefs. City. But uh, what's his name? Nelson, who was in the parking lot. Like that is something. One thing with Vegas that I think only parallels it really is Miami. But even Vegas, I, I was listening to Rosillo, who Hobbs, went just Nate Hobbs did a did a uh, a day trip to uh, to Vegas. And he, I thought he did a good job of describing it. It's, it's one of the only places in America where you just kind of let everything go and you can kind of be the person that like you always dream about being with zero repercussions. And I think when you factor in, just because there are just really no rules, t- time, I think the scariest thing is, like if I'm Josh McDaniels and Eagler, when you get a player, time is irrelevant in Vegas. Right? Like if I'm, if I'm, playing for the 49ers or I'm playing in Los Angeles and I live in Santa Clara. Like th- there's not something that I can just get into at 4 a.m. There's last like in, call. It, yeah. They're just, the lights are off in Vegas. There just is no time. And I also think that's going to happen with these guys, even if you're in Boston or whatever, and I want Gronk to host a party for me, it'll be at a bar or whatever, but like consistently in Vegas, one thing they're known for is, people promoting the event, right? And it's usually at a club or a big fucking, uh, you know, a s- surrounding alcohol. And the number one group of people I'd want moving forward are just going to be the NFL players, right? So how does the, how do you draft? I think I was telling you this the other day, like I, the players they've had over the last, say the last decade in New England, let's just pick three of them, Welker, Gronk, and Julian. To me, if you had put those guys at 22, 23, 24 years old in Vegas, it's not out of the realm of possibility that one of them got arrested. And I'm not saying for the rug situation. I'm just saying at a club, get into a fight. 
so I, I I think it's a huge, huge. I I don't even know how quite to describe it. It's like the it's like the boogeyman. It's like, but there's nothing tangible you can really do besides trying to get the right guys. But there's just a human element to it that like, even if you are, like, what do you think Julian Edelman and Gronk? You're like, I'd want those guys on my team. I'd want to go to war with them. They're also humans. They like having a good time. I mean, they always partied like. They would at 23, 24. You are a like, target, right? Now these you're, you're a target, and, and you're just naturally like, why wouldn't you players. go out to some of these places? They want you there. They're paying for you to go. Yeah. Would you have a policy? You know, I don't even legally could tell them no, but I think it's going to be very challenging. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, and it happened with them, it happens with Miami more in basketball than in football, right? Because in football, it's the, the road team is a factor in sports where you stay multiple nights like basketball. You come in a day early, you have an off night and the game is the next night at 7 PM in baseball. You're in town for four or five days at a time. The road team in football is less susceptible than the home team is because the road team isn't there that long. In that, right? in that athletic article, I, I think I read a highlight. I don't know if it was the article that you keep talking about, they ask guys about like the worst places to go on road trips. And one guy was like, you don't even notice it. You just, in terms of the cities, he's like, we just get there the day before and we play and we leave. Oh yeah. That was where Buffalo. And that's the one I told you where the guy described Buffalo as green Bay without charm, but kind of just saying like, we're not like basketball and baseball here. We're a road trip. We're, we're there to play a football game. We don't go out, you know? Yeah. There's like no downtime. Who, who is Miami a risk for a road team? No. In basketball, yes, right? But I'm just saying, in football, it's or not. New York, New York is a great example. New York for basketball versus football, like, big difference. I think L.A., Scottsdale, I mean, there's a lot of places in basketball that take, you know, it's like, better yeah, you really, the it's hard. It's like, the only where isn't it a challenge? But football, it's the home team. It's the home team that spends all the time in a market, right? Friday night, what time does it, team's not there on Friday night when the home team is. The road team's not there yet. No. It's why so, the Super Bowl is kind of a big deal, right? Because you're there for a week. Most teams are both out of town. You're like, it's the beauty of the Rams. It's the beauty of the Rams. If the Raiders host the Super Bowl, they're going to have an advantage. Big time. Do we need to worry about them hosting the Super Bowl, though, anytime soon? I mean, I'm, not, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Raider fans. This guy, this guy, man. So it's, and I don't know. I mean, I, do you put an extra emphasis on that type of stuff in the draft? To your point, you know, you could end up in those positions anyway. The irony is the Raiders felt like they had put an emphasis on that in the draft, right? Well, you would say the two guys that are now running the Raiders come from a place where that is emphasized. Football being important, character important. But my point is, three of their best players over the last decade could have easily fell victim to to this. Especially Julian and Gronk. I mean, it's just... It's not out of the realm of possibility that you just get into an altercation. Now, you could be like, well, it could have happened to them anywhere. Yeah, it can. It's just more likely in Vegas. It's pretty clear. Fucking Kamara's, think of where he plays in the NFL. Zero issues. New Orleans. Vegas. Boom. Something happens. Now, part of it is like, now you can say that on Bourbon Street, it's late too. But just club 6 a.m., like 6 a.m. or 5 p.m., it just does not matter in Las Vegas. And boom, Kamara... I mean, I would imagine, you know, probably pay this guy off or whatever, but he probably gets spent in a couple games for this, right? Yeah. What time of day by hour sees the most fights and the least fights? Like, you know, 1 a.m. might, if we did like a bar graph, you know, like the most fights occur at 1130 p.m. I mean, 6 a.m. has to be one of the lowest 
occurrences of fights. Well, because everyone was close. Yeah, I'd say it'd be like it'd be like ten forty-five to one fifteen a.m. would be the range. I'd say of the most fight, like when the bar the bar just goes way out. I would say the least amount would just be like breakfast spots at eight a.m. Right? Yeah, I mean, you could get some Sunday brunch arguments at like eleven thirty. Yeah, I know? can see that. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Corey says Alden Smith was drunk in Santa Clara. Yes, he was. No, he was actually drunk in he was coming back from San Francisco, remember? That time, yes, I do. That was a late night on what was the club? Like uh what was the name like of that da- place? I thought it was like downtown San Francisco. It was right? downtown, yeah. Um Trip says uh two AM might be peak fight time since last calls around one forty five AM. Uh, John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about BetterHelp. BetterHelp.com slash ham pod. BetterHelp.com slash ham pod. Go right now to BetterHelp.com slash ham pod, where they update testimonials daily. Our listeners get 10% off your first month, and they'll help you find the right therapist right there from the homepage. You go to BetterHelp.com slash ham pod. Well, think about this guy. We, we work on so many things, you know, you, you get a workout today, you try to eat the right foods. We try to take care of our bodies. We try to take care of professionally, whatever we're working on. I, I think sometimes, and I know I do this personally, we, we push our mentals off to the side and that's where BetterHelp comes in. Betterhelp.com slash Ampod uh, connects you with safe and private online environment with therapists. You don't even need to, you don't even need to turn your camera on so you can avoid the waiting rooms and uh, you just potentially get the help you need and no one has to know not a soul you just go to betterhelp.com slash handpod it's between you and them and you can even start communicating guy in under 48 hours uh it's not a crisis line no nope. it's not self-help nope it's professional counseling done securely online you can send a message to your counselor at any time you'll get a timely thoughtful response uh, plus you can schedule weekly meetings so like John said, if you want that to be video, great. If you want that to be phone, great. If you want just a chat, that's fine too. Whatever expertise you need, it you know, you're not just limited to people that are near you in your neighborhood or in your area. So dealing with depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma. I saw this there's this um commercial right now for uh what what's the uh alcohol in the in the purple uh, velvet bag? Uh, Crown, Crown Royale. Crown Royale. It's like this actor, and it's like, this guy's got life figured out. And then he says, like, what's up? To a couple guys on the front stoop, and then he goes to his mom's house, and then he goes to the club. And I'm watching this like, nobody has it all figured out. Zero people have ever had it 100% figured out, other than, like, the Dalai Lama. So these are things that everybody deals with. Family conflicts, uh, self-esteem, grief, all of it. Betterhelp.com slash hampod. Start living a happier life today. As a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor, betterhelp.com slash hampod. Get it. B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash hampod. Uh, but, but where is this? I wanted to circle back to this. A couple comments here. Uh, Ray, oh, Ray McDonald, Bruce Miller. It's the person, not the city or the state. Can you imagine if you would have put that 49er team in Vegas? I mean, they wouldn't have been able to. Chris Culliver. Alden. I mean, Alden wouldn't have made it a year. So to me, there's just a different level. I agree, like every individual, but Vegas is its own animal. A lot of high-level people just can't handle it. Because, again, there is there are no rules. 
now I think it's legal, definitely in California, to like get to go cups. But forever, I remember when that first happened, like in 2020, because they were trying to help the restaurants get back. It was kind of an exhilarating. Like I can just walk down the street in Walnut Creek with a margarita. Yeah. In Vegas, you don't even think you could have a fucking a joint with a bag of blow and holding a 40 with a with a hooker hanging on your back and and the cops were like how you doing i mean it's just you forget about putting the drink in a bag you got like a big pink straw the drink is like three feet long it's its own world and you can i think i saw dana white or mike tyson say this it was dana white he said the thing about vegas that makes it so special that you don't actually need any money. Like you, you can have a good time for a hundred bucks. You know, you, you don't, you could be a high roller and have a blast, but you can have a hundred bucks, fucking have some beers and just have a time of your life. You yeah. know, so when you factor in, when you have money, every door is available. Uh, John on the stream says, uh, Hey guys, did you see the 40 person family fight at the golden corral? I did see this fight. Did you see this fight recently? Yeah. It was like last week in Pennsylvania. Apparently, there was a shortage of steak, and one family cut in front of another family um, in line, and uh, it was a forty-person brawl. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, a brawl. I mean, these are not like you know WWE fighters. I mean, it's just a, a mass of people. But forty is, is people. The, it's like, is Golden Corral just a uh, buffet? Golden Corral's a buffet. Yeah, we used to go there all the time with the. Central Valley Coyotes in uh, the minor league AF2 Arena League football because it was so cheap. We're throwing blows or more like throwing plates and food at each other? You know, I think maybe a tray or two. Uh, let me see here. Uh, here's the video on uh, NBC. They're going to force me to watch a 30-second ad. But, um, yeah, I, I, I saw some video of people just like trying to run to get out of there. But as you know, like you're just protecting yourself, throwing chairs, says yeah. Mike. I, I love a good brawl where chairs get thrown, as long as no one gets seriously injured. Sometimes where I get uncomfortable watching a big brawl, feels like there's collateral damage. And yeah. if you're just wrong place, Kids. wrong time. It's it's what I was saying about going to these football games. You know, like the girl that shat, her, her femur shattered. She was just below the people that got shoved. Uh, here, we'll watch some from uh, NBC 10, where this man feels a turtleneck is the way to anchor the news. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see the video here. Uh, let's watch this video. So here we go. I mean, this guy's getting out of there. She's getting out of there. Here we go. There goes a chair. And oh, John, they are swinging high chairs. Can you yeah, see this, that? This is outrageous. <laughs> high chairs. Now, is it 40 people going at it? I'd say not 40 people. Oh, another chair. It's a lot, guy. I mean, I'd say at least 15 here. Yeah. Someone just through like a cup so there you go where are the children i don't know all their high chairs were there so they were not in the high chairs there you go uh okay speaking of uh, let's talk some uh vegas football vic tafer did a uh, mailbag at the athletic and uh, he said something that you've been saying a lot Derek carr has one year left on his deal so here's the question do you give him $150 million plus and tie yourself to him shortly after putting your family photos on your new desk? And I have, in all caps, serious doubts that the Raiders will do that. Uh, he would go on to say more about that, um, writing that uh, Mark Davis, I don't think Mark Davis would mind taking a step back next season if it meant he'd have a better chance of winning big in the future. He mentioned McDaniel's work with Matt Castle, among other things, 
So maybe there's a thought that the Raiders don't need to spend $150 million plus right now. That's uh, Vic Tafer mailbag in the athletic. That's who I was quoting. Well, I, I do agree with them that signing Derek Carr to a five-year contract and the amount of money you'd have to pay him, you are at minimum tied at the hip for three seasons. Like, you're just in bed with him. And that seems... Because you're not going to have a tradable contract, you're saying, even if you wanted to trade it? Well, because you wouldn't be able to sign him for less than guaranteed, like, $120 million. And you just do the math, right? You don't... The, the, the salary cap hits are so massive. You saw it with Carson Wentz. It was such a crazy thing that happened with Carson Wentz uh, two years after he signed the contract, and same thing with Jared Goff. But they ate it. But that's not an ideal... They never signed those contracts with the thought that they were going to trade him in a couple years. Right. For to me, if they were going to sign him, they would kind of be all in with him. Especially not the Eagles. The Rams felt kind of trapped when they gave Goff big money, right? Yeah. He had just made the Super Bowl as their starting quarterback. I think the Eagles thought that his ceiling was so high, and it just turns out he got shitty. It was kind of one of the bizarre things I've ever seen with a football player. But I, I, I agree with Vic. I mean, the way I would do it, if I, if Josh and Ziegler asked, what should you do? Because let's face it, Mark Davis has had a front row seat for every single game, every single pass Derek's ever played. And like all, every single coach that's been around him, he talks to him all the time. Like he's got a, a Rolodex of Derek Carr information. Josh does not. Josh can watch his clips or whatever. It's not the same as living through the Derek Carr experience, right? Who, who again is a good player. You know, the pushback, though, is let's say you put them on the open market. And you to me, you could easily get probably two ones and a two. Just there's too many teams desperate, right? You would just be able to get the football team, Tampa, teams would trade. Too many coaches trying to win now. I mean, you Vikings get, might do something. You'd, you'd get the Stafford deal immediately. But they already got Cousins. Well, I know. But I, I'm just saying they got a new coach. Maybe Kevin O'Connell likes Derek Carr. I don't know. So you just trade Derek for Cousins? No, nah, they'd send Cousins somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, I you could get a lot for Derek Carr. I think we know that. But then the counter is like, well, who's playing quarterback for you? Now, if you wanted to do Cousins straight up for Derek and a one or something, and you're just like, well, we can get off Cousins in a year. We don't have to extend them. Something like that. Yeah, I mean, Vic, that second quote I read was he might be willing to take a step back so he can win big forward going forward, right? That's part of that quote. Like, maybe you're not taking a quarterback back maybe you're doing whatever i you know i mean they just did mac jones and cam newton back-to-back years josh we need who they don't have i mean Mariota's a free agent uh they don't have, they wouldn't have a quarterback maybe they would do that resign Mariota one year yeah. 10 million or something yeah five million eight million Twelve million. hell pay him 12 what difference yeah. does it make i understand what i my my game plan would just be we're playing again <laughs> on this contract that's what i would do What's he going to do? Not show up? He could. I mean, and that would make it weird, but I would, that's what I would do. I would not extend him. And that's what I kind of expect to happen. I will be stunned. Stunned will be strong. I'll be surprised if it gets announced. Derek Carr has, unless he signs a team friendly deal, which I would say is possible, but like Derek Carr signed a $38 million a year, $128 million guaranteed contract. Wouldn't that be, would that be surprising to you? I think surprising is the word. Stunned, I don't think stunned's too Stun, strong. Stunned is too strong. Uh, see, I don't know if it is, because think about it from Josh McDaniel's perspective. Quarterbacks, when it comes Derek, time... Derek is not a top-ten quarterback. No, so. but when it comes time to pay a quarterback, it doesn't really matter. All that matters is, are you a franchise quarterback or are you not a franchise quarterback? And that's different than being a top-five quarterback. 
Like when Derek signed his deal the last time, $25 million at the time was the highest average annual value for a quarterback at that time. Right now, four years have passed and now he's like the middle of the pack quarterback money. But to me, Dak is a great example. Kirk Cousins has been a great example. Like when it's time to get paid for a quarterback, they cost what they cost. And there's not a lot of nuance to how much they cost, right? Like Matt Stafford could sign a contract with the Rams this offseason, right? He's gonna. Yeah, you would think. If if you well would give me a number on Stafford's extension, 160? Yeah, I mean 160 what's, million? What's 40 40 times four be 160? I could see something like he signed a four-year extension at $170 million with 130 guaranteed. It, it works out to, you know, whatever, $42 million a year. Right. And now let's say Kirk Cousins is a free agent. What does he sign for? Probably not that, but it would be it'd be something higher than what everyone would think. Yeah, I'm just saying like quarterback, like what I'm getting at is the reason that it would, that I don't think your word stunned is too strong is that if you're the Raiders, I, unless he's taking a discount, how much can the price really go up in the sense that it's already going to be really high? Quarterback salaries are just incredibly high. So what's is Derek going to go win the Super Bowl? Well, and if, then, if I told you this, Derek, cost, Derek, let's say this, you wins the Super Bowl and then he costs you 170 the year after Stafford gets 160. Let's say Derek went to them. Yeah. I mean, if Derek went to them right well, it now, it might cost you 150 now. So would they do this? I'll sign a four year contract, $30 million a year. Guarantee every penny. Wait, say that again. Four years, 120, 120 guaranteed? Yeah. I I mean, I think that's tradable in a year. Yeah, it's very tradable. It's a, But the, you know how the way the NFL works, unlike the NBA, like it fucks with your cap, you know? Yeah, I mean, that'd be a separate issue. I just, I, I think you, they might not do that. I mean, they might not do that. Because if you're them, you're like, Wouldn't well, you want to just feel it out? Wouldn't you just want to coach them? I don't think you can trade them just because it could go really bad. And there is some pressure on Josh, not from Mark necessarily, because I th- I could see Mark being like, do whatever, trade him. I'm cool with that. More on Josh, like having some personal pride of like, I've been waiting a long time to come back. I'm not just going to win three, four games my first year and everyone be like, told you these Belichick guys are all idiots. Because he's he'll get it, right? If he were to trade them and then they suck and they have no quarterback, be like, you idiot, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, if he gets two ones and they tank, tank for who? It's hard to know, but 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 again, two ones. So you're trading him to football team or Tampa. More than likely, that team is not going to suck. So those are two ones, like in the twenties. Right. Then we've seen it before. They did it with Khalil. Then you got to pick the right guys. There's just there's there's it's not just a black and white like two ones. Well, yeah, it's sweet when you flip Jamal Adams and you get the seventh pick. But most times it turns into Jimmy Garoppolo. Or, I mean, Trey Lance, the Dolphins, do you know what they got? 29. <laughs> they were licking their lips when Jimmy threw those picks against Tennessee, right? And yeah. then it fucking flipped. Yeah. Next thing you know, they're almost in the Super Bowl. They, they're better off doing the trade with the Bucs. My, my, my guess is that their goal will be to get played out. Now, Derek can make that weird fast. By not I just think out. if you're Josh, I don't think you're trading him now because you need to win, unless you're getting Rodgers. But you need to. Josh doesn't. Josh did the. This is his second time around. Like Josh wants to win fast. When well, this fails, he's never being head coach again. Yeah. Right? So he he's he can't mess around. Um. But you know, Mark might be patient. I, I mean, Mark will be. Mark doesn't want to be looking for a new coach in three years. Josh no. is going to get plenty of leash. Yeah. 
Uh, update, John, via rap sheet on NFL Network. Kyler Murray's agent on the quarterback social media scrub, quote, unquote, no comment. The story is so lame. I don't. I, I don't. I, 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 I liked it for a day. Now I'm just like, give me a break. Like that quote to me. Does that? What, how do you read that quote? To me, that quote is, yeah, we're getting so many subs on his IG account. Not, we're about to demand a trade. That to me feels like an agent playing into the fact that it's a story. So you you think it's you're more inclined to believe they did it for the reasons they're doing it. I'm more inclined to believe they're doing it for bullshit reasons to get yeah. attention. Yeah. Yeah, for the the marketing ploy, not necessarily like as a fuck you to bid well. Yes, but I mean, again, I part of this is I I think Kyler's is kind of difficult, so I I do think that also. What do you, what think, do you he, think? What would he go for in the open market? I mean, how how would it? I mean, at least one... he's a playoff quarterback. I mean, he's. <laughs> Would the, well, if I if I called Ron Rivera's, yeah, two ones and yeah. what else? Two ones and a two minimum. If Derek's going for two ones and a two, what's this kid going for? Yeah, I mean he was the number one overall pick, and his stock has gone up. And he has had moments where you're like, is this guy the MVP? No, it doesn't last that long. But I mean, it's a conversation for you know after five weeks, six weeks. It's happened twice now. Like, could this guy be the MVP? Yeah. Now, th- my issue with him is just. It's so easy to get behind small little players at quarterback, and they've become more and more invoked. Look at the last two small players that were drafted number one overall. Baker Mayfield started getting fucked up. This guy just now he's a little different because he runs around. And he just takes some hits. I, I just I, I think small quarterbacks. I'd be hesitant to do it. And I you know that we're a year away from this guy, but and he's going to have I'm sure another remarkable season. But you watch, he'll get nitpicked. Is Bryce's size? You know, how, how much do you think that guy weighs? 180, 190? Yeah, you're not going to be very big. So, uh, Vincent on the stream, he and he'd command north of $35 million per year probably too. It'd be a double whammy. You'd just be like, do you want to tie your career if you're one of these guys to do it? Well, now, you if you're like Bruce Arians, you, you might not care. Chance. Yeah, how often do you have the chance to just get this level of talent and take the chance that... Well, because you, I mean, you, were, you were telling me, and I've dra- seen it a couple drafting? places too, like... I, I saw this on DJ's podcast, and I, I've seen some athletic headlines like how the Bengals built their squad. You know, they fucking landed Joe Burrow. But then a lot of it comes to like comparing the final two rosters. It's like, yeah, yeah well, let's face it. The Rams got very, very lucky that this guy, who was also the number one overall pick once upon a time and is a really, really good player, was available. How often are Matt Stafford's available? Yeah, I mean... Never. Not only that, Stafford available in the sense that his team wasn't shopping him. He was shopping himself. Like the team said, the Lions said, okay, Matt, you can go find a trade. And then Matt's in Cabo at the same time that that one's suspicious, the same time as McVay. And so they just meet up. Like Matt wanted to play for McVay. That's why he ended up on the Rams, right? McVay's guy who went to the Lions doesn't send Stafford to the Rams unless Stafford's down with that trade. So he picked them, I think, as much as they picked him. Yeah, if McVeigh's not a Ram coach, I think Kyle uh, Stafford's probably on the 49ers. Yeah, he probably is. Now there would have been more. They teams both use first round picks, John. They just use I, them in different ways. I would have said more teams would have been sniffing around though. Like if if McVeigh didn't exist and this guy didn't have the connection, don't you think that like the Panthers, the football team? Yeah, 
Yes, but my point is, I think Stafford gets to gets to basically oh, pick yeah. the destination, and well, the Niners would have paid the same. Everyone, everyone would have paid the same price. And again, the Bengals and the Rams both really value first round picks. Just they use them differently. Yeah, one just gets Jalen Ramsey and uh, and Matt Stafford. The other yeah. gets Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. McVay values how much you value first round picks as the other team. Well, he if I said somehow them. the Rams had the 13th pick in this draft. Do you think they'd use it or be more no. inclined to trade it? I think they trade it. One thing they might do is take 13 and go back to get a couple seconds because they do need some cheap labor. Yeah, they could. But I'd also say, well, they had a second and third round pick. They just used it on Von Miller. They do not give a shit. Probably depends. Like, do they win the championship? Well, if they win the championship, they're just going to keep doubling down, right? Because they were proven right. I, yeah. I I thought they were proven right by the moment they got to the NFC Championship. I don't see how you even argue it now. They're in the Super Bowl. They're the you're, favorite in the Super Bowl. Like it, it worked. You're just trying to get yourself at the big table, and then the chips fall where they may. Right? It is kind of a crapshoot. Now they also ended up in the Super Bowl against the Bengals. They could be playing the Chiefs this Sunday. Well, and then and they might be an underdog, right? Yeah, they would be. Uh, Probably pick them potentially. I mean, the Chiefs. If the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, the Chiefs might have just beat the Bengals to thirty-one to ten. Let's say right? the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, same game, but somehow they pull that thing out of their ass. It's like, eh, it's something's off. I think the Chiefs are a favorite, but one, two and a half. Yeah, that small, two and a half. One and I would a half. Say, yeah, two. And you might be betting the Rams with value. I would. I, I you know, the thought I had. Mm. One thing that Rams have really benefited for, and I, I was wrong on this, thinking that L.A. didn't need the NFL. And you realize the NFL is so fucking big. Every city that matters needs the NFL. It's it's a good thing. Because, like, how do they penetrate the USC and UCLA stranglehold on the football attention? Well, both those programs sucked the last three or four years as the Rams have been sweet. Especially USC is bigger than UCLA football, but like USC football has been terrible. And the Rams have now been sweet. Two Super Bowls in four years, right? You just boom. You just stranglehold attention. If I'm a 12-year-old these last three years, like I like this guy. With the well, it's like the Lakers are making you watch. No. I mean, and the Dodgers, you don't compete against baseball really, right? Because they're in the summer. You're playing in the fall. I, I think the Rams have kind of played it perfectly. Yeah. Their, their stadium's incredible. They've won. Like, you really can't ask them anything. Obviously, you'd want to win just, like, multiple championships, but winning this one's going to be a pretty big deal. They've got McVay. They've got a quarterback now. They've got Ramsey and Odell and Vaughn and Aaron Donald. You know, it helps all- that the stadium is so sweet. Yeah. But it's, it's this, this is the first year. Second Super anyone's- Bowl. Second pretty, Super Bowl. Pretty unreal. Uh, Benjamin Albright. Pretty sure Burkhart, Eric Burkhart, Kyler Murray's agent didn't comment, which is different than saying no comment. That is true. Those two things are different. Yeah. Sorry. I, I'll put I actually up. like Eric. I text with him. I text with him during the season, and I've talked a lot. He represents Kyler and Cliff. Cliff, he's from Texas Tech. They went to college together. He's known them. Good guy. Like he's he's easy to text with and bullshit with. Uh, and I've ripped his client, both of them, really, over the years, and he's cool. But, I mean, there was a point this year, I know, where they were thinking, like, I mean, guy, they were going to be the number one seed. The the quarterback and the coach were 
not obviously they are tied at the hip, but they were having so much dual success. It was like, we are going to break. The, we're going to get Cliff a five-year extension. And I, I don't blame him for thinking that. Like, it was clear. Like, remember when they were eight and one? It's like, are they just going to go 13 and four and be the number one seed? And then it really kind of derailed. And then they used kind of their one bullet as things were flipping. And I don't blame him for using the bullet is the moment Lincoln got the $180 million from USC. It was like, they're going to come after Cliff. And everyone's like, no, they're not. Like, <laughs> But Adam tweeted that immediately. And, and and this is where, to me, Big Cat and PFT are needed on the internet. They started immediately making fun of shit like that with Adam. And they're buddies with Adam like we are. But it's like, the thing is, like, Adam, it's like, come on, man. The, oh, you think Oklahoma would fucking hire Cliff Kingsbury? We need Cliff versus Harbaugh for a job. But Jim succeeded. Like I understand you'd hire Jim, but I'm just saying, like, Jim's in a weird spot. Well, let's say let's say Cliff next year. They go nine and eight. But just whatever way the NFC, they miss a wild card. But he's not like a clown operation and they were just they had less of a buffer like they did this year, but they were good. Like maybe they knock off some big teams and they're right there that the you know, the home stretch to make the playoffs, but they miss. He gets fired, but his record, he had two years where he was winning. And even his first, second year, remember, they went 8-8. Eight and eight. It was like, he actually was a lot more impressive than most people thought he would be. Is he getting a Power 5 job as a head coach? No. I wouldn't hire him as an AD. Even I though mean, he's kind of, in a weird way, upped his stock. He has, but his stock was very low. He was going to be USC's offensive coordinator, so no one was hiring him as a head coach at the time. Because would he be a lock? Would you feel comfortable as a, if you were Guy Haberman, uh, Belichick's DC, you get hired to coach, you know, Tampa Bay. Would you hire Cliff Kingsbury to be your offensive coordinator? I don't know how much no, value you have around the league. No, the not that I don't think he can like run an operation. It's his offense, right? That's what, but I don't, I don't think a lot of. Like I'd rather him be my head coach and someone else calls the plays than him be my offensive coordinator. Actually, I don't know about that either. I, he's in a weird spot because he's really pigeonholed himself. Yeah. And he's clearly respected. People like him. High character guy. I My issue with him is the work ethic, all the stuff. I've heard he's a fucking awesome dude. I just don't like... Fun, we fundamentally look at football differently. And I don't even necessarily blame him for falling apart this year. It's like part of the reason he falls apart because he loves his little quarterback who's kind of a weird cat. Yeah, I, I think he lacks some leadership on his on his team. But I think that hurt him too. But think about this: Do the Ravens? Do the Chargers? Do the Chiefs? Do the Bills? Do the uh, Bengals? They don't ever go. You know what we need? What we lack around here with our our young quarterback leadership? They don't need. They bring JJ no, Watt no, in because they think he can still play. Like they have to do that because Kyler can't lead. Think about that. That's bad. That's a bad. That's thing. what I'm saying. That's why I, I think part of why they fall apart, it's not just a physical thing. I think it's their quarterback's not a leader. Which is a problem when he's, you know, quote-unquote, max quarterback, number one overall pick, right? Yep, major. It's not what people are saying about Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Russell, I'd say, bat on a much, much lower level and has been much more successful, but battles some of these weird things. Like, do the guys really like him? Yeah, but I think Russell, by the time he got to that type, being that type of guy, had established what he was as a player and how much, how good you are when, how much he can help you when you're on his team, right? I, I think one thing, if I was a GM, 
and I would imagine most of these GMs by the summer will have watched the Brady doc and the Montana doc. One thing those two guys parallel each other, but I think a lot of just like Brett Favre, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, these guys are just so just guys, guys. Easy. And easygoing guys. And just like, what time you need me there, coach? Remember the the highlight in the Joe documentary when Joe just wanted to have Seifert see him throw? Like, coach, coach, will you see me throw? He's fucking four Super Bowls, Joe Montana, multiple MVPs, telling George Seifert, who was an assistant coach for the majority of Joe's heyday, coach, will you see me throw? And the guy runs away. Like that, I thought that was a pretty low-level move by Seifert. Respect. Like, it was, that was extremely low-level. Honestly, piss me if off. That's how it, if that's how it happened, yeah. If that's how it happened. We didn't get Seifert. Seifert was well, interviewed, remember but some did of the not other guys on talk the te- about that part. Did Jerry Rice corroborate that? Somebody else did. It might have been Jerry. Yeah. Brent Jones, maybe. They're like, it was Brent, kind of crazy. Who, by the way, we should talk to Brent. We talked to Brent on radio once, remember, or a few times. Because Brent, I thought, clearly, was, I thought he was a Steve guy, but I, I kind of feel like clearly, he was a guy. by the way, thinks we should not refer to Tom Brady as the goat. Which after watching the doc, I like I said, I I'm Montana's goat one and Brady's goat two. Like Montana played in a different era. I think just Tom physicality. would probably tell you that. I think Tom would probably tell you that too. Yeah, like, now Tom won compare. six Super Bowls and went to ten. So, but um, anyway, yeah, I. Uh, your quarterback should just be easy, man. Your quarterback is more coach than he is player, ideally. And your coach, like if you if we're ever like, oh, it's just a marketing thing for Kyler. Well, okay. Does your offensive coordinator ever, ever do that? No, your offensive coordinator is worried about plays. Does your head coach ever do that? No, your head coach should be worried about coaching the team. Like I want my quarterback to be like a coach, not like a player, right? And, um, you know, not, not all of them are like that. I want... He's I exhausting. Mean, there are so many guys that are easy. Like Mahomes is easy. Don't you think the crew? I mean, Lamar. Lamar is easy. Herbert. Herbert's so, yep. Josh Allen. I mean, this is, I would say the defining attribute of these guys is like pretty good group of humans. Just easy. They're just easy. they just easy. Fuck. It's I never, not- like, did you see what, did you see what Josh did? Means like, did you happen to catch the highlight of him at Pebble? Yeah. Not, did you see he deleted us from his Instagram account? I'm out on the car. I mean, I've been out on the Cardinals, but I'm out on Kyler. Out, out. All right. Deuces. Thanks, y'all. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.